Hey, this is Sandra. This is Jess. And this is Emily. And you are listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, and welcome to the big one. It's literally called the big one. The big one. It In reference the to one. the meltdown? Um, The letter? The envelope? I think well, it's the... Yeah, I would it's think a bunch it would be the envelopes. Yeah. It's the envelope. It's the explosive ending. It's the Paris reveal. There's a lot of big ones. Brad coming back. You know, this giant Broadway star coming back. (laughs) You know who's the most important character that came back this episode? Brad. Exactly. Exactly. Honestly, Brad already came back once. This is just like overkill. You can't come back (laughs) twice, Brad. Come on. I don't know. And he comes back a third time, too. Well, I guess he doesn't really come back for the the graduation. It's well, not he just think he's back. back. He just disappears. Yeah. yeah this is like bit. his second announced return. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we are jumping ahead of ourselves. So why don't we start the episode? And uh, we start with Lorelai and Rory just hanging out together, reading their individual books. And it's such a vibe. Yeah, like, I, I love, love it scene. so much. Um, but then the mail comes. And... Can- it's, I, I want to throw out one thing super mm-hmm. quick out there. This is one of my favorite scenes of this whole episode. Yeah. Just just so we know where this is going. <laughs> the um, cold open is the best part of the episode, guys. <laughs> um, and but the yes. girls freak out. And the, do you guys notice Rory's voice? It's very it's high pitched. Kind of baby voice. Yes. It's I like, never have like a clear cut. Okay, she's clearly has the higher voice now. Mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of people reference how her voice changes from the beginning to the end. I don't hear it as much personally, which maybe I'm the weird one. I don't really notice it either, and I don't think I ever noticed it until I saw it. Um, mm-hmm. Saw people talking about it, but I could very much hear it in this scene. And I, I mean, to be fair, she's excited. She's waiting okay, for I the mail. Give this one to yeah. to excitement, waiting for that that hopefully acceptance letter. Right, because yeah. they're waiting for the college acceptance letter. Unluckily for them, Kirk does not care. Kirk does not all. sort the mail. No, Kirk and he is, is the mailman, by the way. The only mailman. Yes, is what it sounds like. 
And it's he a, is. yeah, he he says in a later scene he's the only one which I guess the other guy left, died, disappeared. <laughs> uh, but you know who did die? Rita Flora, who, who we've never heard of before. Oh, very sad. Yeah. Um, but is still apparently getting mail. And Kirk is just, like, rifling through all this mail. And they just want <laughs> Rita Ora. Um, <laughs> it's, every time I hear that line now, I think of Rita Ora. And I was like, but why was she? She wasn't a thing yet. She was not. I mean, she was a thing. She wasn't a famous thing yet. <laughs> um, But they're waiting for the big envelope. Guys, what was your big envelope experience? I got it. I definitely it? I definitely got a big envelope. Mm-hmm. I also got like a tragic small envelope from my first choice school. Yeah. Oh. So I had both experiences in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um my big envelope, they kind of smushed in the my mailbox. Oh. Yeah, and they actually do it to Rory as well where they bend it and it really it plainly says do not bend on it. <laughs> they bent mine and I was very upset. But that's just because I was a neurotic child. It's fine. Well, for Rory's the it doesn't fit in the, like it has to. Otherwise it won't that's fit in the mailbox. It yeah. has to bend up a little bit. But yeah, I I know we talked about it when we were talking about like the college applications and stuff a mm-hmm. while ago. But they don't get the envelope in this scene. They, they do not. go back inside. They give up. Kirk is so bad at his job. He is pretty bad. Um, but after the theme song, the girls are now at Luke's. But join with Lane, who is tap, tap, tapping away with her drumsticks on the table. And poor Lorelai is not feeling too well. Um, mm-hmm. When all of a sudden, Luke comes over with new menus. And God forbid. How dare he? Oh, not boy. only new a... menus, not like just like newly printed menus. Like the menu has been redone. He's mm-hmm. added three salads and, and taken removed... away sandwiches. Yes, the Monte Cristo. Yep. And offended Lorelai and Rory to their core. Lane too. Lane gets is into slightly it. Yeah, offended, yeah, but not as. Lane yeah. wasn't as offended. I didn't think. Um, but he did this because of Nicole. Who is not his girlfriend. She's just a woman he is dating. I have to say, in this scene, Lorelai, this this table, these three girls are the absolute worst sort of customers. That would just make me want to spit in their food. Well, and... Just to be clear, I never spit in anybody's food when I serve. (laughs) Luke... But there are people I wanted to. Luke kind of, like, fights back, and Lorelai says she wanted chili-covered Pringles, which he said no... And at one point, she's like, why does Nicole get three salads and I still get a no? And Lorelai's, or Rory's like, because he's dating Nicole. Also, it sounds Duh. like a selection, it makes it a selection of four salads total, which is pretty standard for, like, a diner? anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Like a green salad, a chopped salad, a Caesar salad. And Even maybe something else. Chick-fil-A has, like, three salads on their menu. <laughs> well, um, they're straight up trolling Luke here. Like, let's be real. It has nothing to do with the new menu or getting the old one back. They're, they're just trolling him. It's trolling, yeah. Yeah. Because he brings out an old menu for Lorelai to appease her. And she's like, why does everybody else have new menus? The worst. 
the worst, I would have yeah. picked up either menu, whichever one was closer, and just smacked her up the side of the head <laughs> with it and walked away. Bring me your order when you're ready. I'm not coming back. I don't think I would have resorted to violence, but I would have taken both menus and been like, bye. Leave. <laughs> get out. You're eating just somewhere get out. else today. Leave. Yep. Go, go away. <laughs> um, but we move on to Chilton, where a teacher whose name we don't actually get, um, blonde lady, we've never I've seen never her before. Seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she's saying that handing out like a graded paper or a test and pretty much saying how proud she is of the class for maintaining their good, um, for still working hard, even though they're like at the second half of the, the year. Mm-hmm. Except for apparently Louise, who is just bragging about the fact that she hooked up with Michael Worth Mason. It. Yes. <laughs> And she has this huge hickey on the bottom of her uh, chin. Like, she's getting it. And we get the first indication of sex in this episode. Apparently, you can't... Even from Louise's point of view, it's one or the other. Right, yeah. It's success at academics or academics or making out slash whatever else she did with a boy. I mean, that's a pretty... Pretty common theme throughout the entire Gilmore Girls show. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can have success or you can have romance. Pick one. Madeline is supportive of her. Yes. She is. Um, but, like, Louise, uh, I'm not quite sure what this added to the series, to the show, to the episode. Like, they could have excluded it and it would have been the same thing. However... Right? They made the choice to do this. So mm-hmm. it is another moment of punishing a woman for daring to have a sexual relationship or a romantic relationship or anything of that sort. And it's just the first indication. It's, yeah. It's small. Um, but the other thing the teacher talks about is that Chilton is celebrating its 200th year. And there will be a speech contest where one lucky student will say their speech live in front of C-SPAN. Now, ah, yes. If no one know if people don't know what C-SPAN is, it's like the uh Congress like live feed. They, yeah, they live feed Congress uh House of Representatives and the Senate's uh for votes on mm-hmm. laws and different things that are going on. It'll show you who voted, who did not vote, what way they voted. Um Lorelai describes it very aptly in the future of this episode of a bunch of white men sitting around. <laughs> and there's also like C-SPAN 2 and and because I think that they also do smaller things too. Like C- mm-hmm. obviously if C-SPAN mm-hmm. is going to be showing the Chilton Bicentennial. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean for somebody like, oh, I don't know, Paris or Rory, that would be a really cool experience. Especially somebody who's wanting to write about politics. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Paris is the only one that's interested. And she's so interested that she is tearing down everyone. Including Brad, who, like we mentioned before, has returned from Into the Woods. Um, mm-hmm. Where the actor himself was playing. And now the character. Um, and he has confidence now. Kind of. Good for him, Brad. Good yeah. for you, Brad. Yeah. I love Into the Woods. Honestly, I could do a whole podcast on Into the Woods. 
I was in Into the Woods. I played Cinderella's father. Don't ask. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I love it. And I love it for Brad. And I love the idea of Brad as Jack. It's all great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that the only question Madeline and Louise have for Brad is, did you get to keep the makeup? And the costume. And the costume. Yes. And the costume. And when he says no, they're like, do you even have a brain cell? Also offended. I'm like, okay, like, having done stage work, stage makeup is not the makeup that you would go about a day in. Right? No, it's awful. You have to, like, overdo it all the time so that people can see it. And it's all thick and, like, Mm -hmm. why would you keep that? (laughs) And also, if it's, I I don't know. Obviously, I've never been in a Broadway play or even an off-Broadway play or really in a play. Um, But that makeup... Is it sterile? I'm assuming if if there is a supply of stage makeup, multiple people are using it. It depends. Sometimes actors are expected to do their own makeup, and so they provide yeah, their mm-hmm. own. And then there's some where it's like you have a makeup artist that like does makeup, and they have like alcohol spray and sponges to like mm-hmm. you know sanitize between people. You wouldn't want that. Also, if he's in a Broadway production, no, he can't keep his Broadway production costume. Right? No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Actors and actresses rotate out. Costumes stay. No, but Brad is back, and he's confident, even in the face of Paris, for a mm-hmm. second. But you, you know who else has confidence? Rory, who is mm-hmm. just straight up tells Paris off for being such a jerk. Yeah. Like, she's just like, what is wrong with you? Like, can you please take a step back? So Paris uh, wants to sign her name, but Rory and Brad are standing right in front of the sign-up sheet, and God forbid, right? right? Um, And we get that indication that, you know, Paris and Rory are still bad. They're Mm -hmm. still bad. Um, Well, Paris is, like, taunting Rory because Rory mm -hmm. hasn't signed up. Rory isn't even... Like, she seemed interested during the discussion, but she didn't race over to write her name down. But then Paris is like, oh, are you going to sign up? Because, like, it won't be a victory unless I get to, like, I need one final attempt to take you you down. Yeah. 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 Oh, Paris. (sighs) And then Rory signs up. Rory has not or signed up yet. See her we don't see up? her. No. Because she, she goes and she talks to Lorelai about it right. before mm-hmm. she actually makes her decision. Guys, I watched this episode a whole six hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for our next scene, we go to the inn and Suki's pretty upset. Be- beyond offended, actually. Uh, because mm-hmm. some oh, yes. guests sent back the food because it was too salty, too hot, and too sewery. Gross. There's a lot of food sitting on that table that got sent back. It seems like every single dish that she made got sent back. And the like staff is plates. just like around listening to her rants. <laughs> There's one background actor who is behind Suki's shoulder and like she is doing so much to emote that she is uncomfortable or that there is something amiss here. (laughs) Like, girl is doing her work. So Lorelai tries to, like, calm Suki down, but, like, also she's the manager of the place, so she needs to know what's going on. And she straight up asks, are you sure there's nothing wrong with the food? 
And Suki loses it. She's like, I tasted it. Manuel tasted it. So-and-so tasted it. Everyone tasted it. And it tastes fine. Well, and she and says Lorelei... she tasted it every level. Like, mm-hmm. the yeah. spices, the food, the salt. She tasted everything. And Lorelai is, like, reading the faces of everybody behind oh, yeah. Suki. Mm-hmm. Who looks of, so uncomfortable. Oh, this, this, this isn't great. Let's... And and Lorelai's the only one with like the courage to I guess step up and be like, okay, let's tell Suki what's actually going on here. Well, well she like, tries it. There's so much bravery in everybody trying a plate of food that was sent back because the customer tried it and didn't like it. Yeah. Like in this 2022, like COVID mm-hmm. world. Actually, it'll be 2023 when you guys listen to this. Um, hey, maybe COVID's done. Yay, the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just can't imagine being like, yeah, stranger ate this. I'm going to shove my fork in it. But right. Lorelai does try the food because and, she uh, says, I need to know. You know, like if mm-hmm. I'm going to vouch for through. you, I need to know. Mm-hmm. And now she understands the Suri reference. Which, how do you accomplish that? I, I don't even want to know. But it tastes bad. Oh, yeah, it tastes really bad. And free dessert is sent out to the guests. And Suki's just like, what? Are you kidding me? And Lorelai just has to be like, this is the worst thing I've ever had. I think pretty great as she handles it because she lets everybody else kind of go back and fix things and then kind of pull Suki to the side. So she's not like saying, hey, your food sucks in front of literally everybody. It's, hey, let's have a private conversation real quick and, and go over this. And, and she... Are you she, sick? Do you have allergies? Yeah. It, you know, are your taste buds off? And Suki... You know, do you have COVID? Yeah. Suki says she had a bug last week, but she's fine now, right? Mm-hmm. So that can't be it. Like, it has to be something else. And at this point, Rory walks in, and, like, she's just commenting on the food looking good. Ooh, this looks good. Yeah, and the entire staff try to, like... <laughs> throw dies like, yeah. and yells <laughs> they're like no. no so funny it felt very like um the chorus in mama mia like <laughs> yeah everybody's suddenly surging together yeah and lorelei says something about like just be glad be that you're loved. you're loved yeah <laughs> um but rory arrives and she starts ranting about paris and she talks about the speech competition um mm-hmm. and how rory she wasn't really gonna enter it um, but now with Paris's goading, she's reconsidering. And, like, Laura, like, points out, hey, you want to be a foreign correspondent? Uh, maybe this is a good practice for that. Yeah. Like, you want what to are you doing? You want to life only doing things you're told you have to do? Yeah, like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes, yeah. Well, that- she kind of pauses, and she, she's like, okay, I'll do it. And then Lorelai goes to the computer and she just looks up and she just says, oh, my God. Right. And she runs off and you see Suki running the opposite direction and they yell out, "I Suki's pregnant. And yes. like Suki's saying, I'm pregnant. Oh, God. <laughs> I love like best friend moments like this in TV and movies because they don't really happen so much in real life. But I love that they were both, like, on the same wavelength. At the same moment, they were both mm. like, oh, <gasps> my God. I know what's going on. <laughs> I love the best friend moment. I love the excitement between them. I don't 
personally know anybody who would just go straight to I'm pregnant from my taste buds are off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially with Lorelai's like at least Suki has the knowledge of like when her period was and mm-hmm. what her and Jackson have been doing. As far as I know, as far as we know, Lorelai does not have that knowledge. <laughs> well, I think so... that Jackson would be pretty annoyed if she did because remember yeah. his whole four and four plan that yeah. she oh, yeah. had thoughts on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just impressed at these dedu- at these deductive skills. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is a little TV moment. Definitely. Like, let's be real. But it's no cute. one's really. But it is it super is. cute. And Rory so joins cute. in, and they're all just so excited. Mm-hmm. It's sweet. It's a fun little friend moment. Yeah. Um, so we go back to Chilton for the speech competition, and all the competitors, including Rory and Brad, are nervously rehearsing. Meanwhile, Paris is going around terrorizing everyone picking everyone's little flaws and just zeroing in on them i agree with rory's like attempt to terrorize paris back of your speech much must be really bad Mm -hmm. like i know it's paris's personality to just do whatever she can but this almost feels like overkill yeah for her anyway yeah paris i feel like paris is going through something right now yeah Mm -hmm. um maybe lack of confidence like rory was kind of saying but then paris is just like this doesn't phase me at all yeah Um, well and it's like all of the kids that she's taunting they're we've never seen them before it's not like these are you know top of our class overachievers Mm -hmm. that we've regularly seen rory and paris butt heads with these Mm -hmm. are just kids who want to participate in the speech competition and she is like picking on very specific things like a girl sits down next to her and she says something about oh those braces are really shiny mm-hmm. like just beyond rude that has nothing Hope you to don't do with all again yeah <sighs> picking on the girl who tri- apparently tripped previously just rude it An is very entire rude. rendition of into the woods almost yeah honestly brad said something about like man her musical theater references are really on point clearly <laughs> Really, I think we seriously. have a secret Broadway baby here. <laughs> right? Trying to an- analyze this. Do you think they're trying to build Paris up just to knock her down? Or, like, so that she has no sympathy at the end? Because, guess what? Paris acts like a jerk here, but I still feel really bad for her at the end of this episode. This is, like, early season one Paris. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, a Paris we have seen before. Mm-hmm. We have seen her be this mean and outright rude to people. It's not necessarily new. Based on the softer Paris we have seen recently, it feels like overkill. Mm-hmm. But I think her friendship with Rory softened her a lot. And now they're in a massive fight. And so she's reverting back to mean. Who, she, you know, who she was before. Mean Paris. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's this weird... Like, so we have super mean Paris, and then we have the version of Paris that shows up at Rory's house, and then we have C-SPAN Paris. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for her to be so mean right now, it makes the middle Paris feel kind of weird. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would make more sense, I think, from like a story and a character point to have her be awful, 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 and then show up at the end and 
and have this breakdown and you realize, oh my gosh, this is what's been happening, mm-hmm. right? Oh my gosh, this is what's causing her to act this way. Of course, I mean, Paris in the middle, I love her. I love that Paris, yeah. that vulnerable Paris. Well, they we'll need get to, to it, explain but... what Paris's freak out is about. Yeah. Um, without just a random comment in the middle of her C-SPAN speech. Right. <laughs> Um, but, okay, going back to this, uh, sometime later, we cut to Lorelai, or maybe at the same time, I couldn't really decide if it was later or, at whatever, time, I, black hole. <laughs> I think it is a black hole. This episode has a black hole in it. I took the scene that we see Lorelai, she's walking outside, she walks to her jeep, she calls Suki to see how Jackson took the news. I take this as she's getting ready for fr- to leave for Friday night dinner. Yes. Yeah, yeah Rory has... Rory stayed late for her tryout and then probably just took the bus over to the Gilmores. Mm. Well, like you said, um, she's getting a phone call from Suki, who seems very down, even though Lorelai does not pick up on it at all. Um, mm-hmm. But she wants to deet on Jackson. Like, how did it go? What was his reaction? And apparently his reaction was to start crunching numbers. Oh, boy. Which, again, I bring it up. For a guy who wanted four and four, mm-hmm. can you imagine what? the numbers on expect? four and four? Like <laughs> I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I get the nervousness of oh crap, this is real now. Like mm-hmm. this, this is real. This isn't some abstract. In the future, we'll have kids. Yeah, that's the obvious thing. This is oh no, there's one on the way. But again. Your plan was four and four. Yeah. What did you think would happen? They would just get massive promotions at the same time. I don't know. (laughs) I think you're right, Emily, though, where it's like, you know, when you're like talking about it and it's like, yeah, let's have kids. Let's do this. Before it actually is happening, it's just an idea, right? Like Mm -hmm. people say, like, there's never a perfect time. You're never going to be ready. You just have to make the decision. And I think that's kind of what happened here is they were like, yeah. hey, we're ready. Let's do it. And then he was like, oh, my gosh, this is real. I don't know if we're ready. <laughs> Kids are expensive. I'm, I'm yeah. curious as to if Jackson knows what the price of diapers is. <laughs> and they're going to be cheaper <laughs> in 2003 than 2002. Yep. But yeah. Jackson is saying, oh, boy, a lot. And Suki is kind of disappointed because... They didn't get to celebrate fun. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just the excitement. We had a little um, Suki, like, hazard Suki moment that she discussed on the phone. Right. Where yes. Mm-hmm. she was going to pour champagne. Girl, you're pregnant. Um, then she yeah. broke the window. And then she tripped and broke the bottle. And so. She gave him a beer. She gave him yep. a beer. Yeah. Um, oh, well. I, I'm still curious about the champagne. Like. Were you just going to pour it for him and then... She got two glasses. Not drink it? <laughs> just half, Toast, half a and sip. then just put, 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 some, put some apple juice in one or something? Or oh, yeah, pour it and like, go for a toast and then be like, oh, actually, I can't, I can't. drink this. <laughs> Who knows? None of that happens, unfortunately. No. Um, but it's interesting that Jackson reacts this way because Jackson is... A little bit older than Suki, I would assume. Like, maybe, like, yeah, I don't know. 35 versus, like, a 32 or something. Um, and 
I am about to turn turn 31 next week, but for you guys about two months ago. And um, I'm just like, kids are expensive. Kids are really expensive, especially if like, I mean, they're not, but especially if you're on one salary or something like that. Um, Oh, yeah. Like, woof. So I understand his anxiety, but again, he was the man that was like four and four. This was your plan. So I have less sympathy, a little bit less. Well, and and Lorelai kind of says, hey, you know, maybe he just needs to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be fine. Keep me updated. Um, and then, like Sandra said, she is, or Emily said, I think, she is on her way to Friday night dinner. But as we learned in the diner, her allergies are really acting up. So she stops by Dozy's first because she needs some of that non-drowsy allergy medicine. But when she gets there, there is a big commotion because Mailman Kirk has dumped all of the mail on the ground and there is a gathering of townspeople around him essentially all just like pissed that they can't get their letters he's not letting anybody touch it because it's property of the united states postal service and dean is there and dean is waiting for dozy's mail which presumably that's why kirk is there in the first place that's my guess yeah it seems like he's getting like an inventory or something he's getting something to do with the inventory um I feel like it was a scene to remind us that Dean exists. Yeah, and that he's friends with Lorelai. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'd, I'm assuming maybe Dean has been promoted from Bag Boy since... I hope right? so. At some point in time. Yeah. He's been working like, there it's for never like three mentioned, years. It's never said. I can't see a Bag Boy making sure he gets the mail in addition to knowing what's expected to be in it. He could like be like a stock right? Yeah. So. But, I mean, Lorelai even sees her water bill. But, again, Kirk is not letting anybody touch stuff. And she asks Dean about the allergy meds because it's not on the shelf. And he says, then we must be out. And I can't tell you when we're getting a restock because Kirk won't give me the letter. And she says, that's fine. I'll just get some in Hartford. Mm-hmm. Does anybody else wish we had just a moment of Kirk just die-bombing on top of all of the mail when everybody reaches for it at the same time. <laughs> that As she leaves, it is just like the okay. crowd surges. Everybody yeah. goes for their letters, which this would be super frustrating. Like, I understand oh, yeah. that, like, the legalities surrounding, like, the mail and who handles the mail. At the same time, just let people get their stuff. Your bud. job is to deliver the mail, <laughs> and you are not delivering the mail. Because he doesn't sort it beforehand. Because he thinks it takes the spontaneity out of it. And there should be nothing spontaneous about mail delivery, in my opinion. <laughs> you know what's my headcanon? Is that he has so many jobs that he just physically does not have the time to sort the I mail mean, beforehand. That makes sense. That would be part of his job, though. Like, you would he have should. to go in early, yeah. sort the mail, and then deliver. Like, that would be part of the job description. <laughs> And realistically, Stars Hollow is supposed to have, like, what, seven, 8,000 people? Right? How is he For doing one everything? mailman? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We can't get into this. Kirk is just, like, uh, Kirk is a black hole. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> Lorelai goes off to Hartford, um, and she stops for her allergy medication at the pharmacy before going to her parents. And who does she run into? Max. Max Max Medina. He had been teaching a class out at Stanford, 
um, which got him out of the Hartford area. But he is now back. The class is over. Um, and he is nice to her. Which He's very nice. It's surprising because last time they were together, they were engaged, and then she ran out on him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She just broke up the wedding. Well, the wedding that was going to happen the weekend of, she left. And we don't even know, like, what that breakup was. No, it sounds no. like there Presumably wasn't. Presumably there, there wasn't. was some. There had to have been something no, of, she hey, says, don't show up. Well, she... There has to be It's not a runaway something. bride situation. It's not quite a runaway yeah, bride. She no. didn't leave him at the altar, but she She might have left she him a voicemail. She didn't call. Maybe. That's part of the discussion later. But yeah, she runs into him, and he is nice, and mm-hmm. he leaves the conversation, and, he, like, they catch up, and then he just leaves. Like a normal... Yeah run in at the grocery store. Yeah, it was good to see you. Good to see you. Um, Guys, I gotta tell you my ex, running into my ex story. So, it's a concert, and um, the concert hall in New Jersey, it's it's a pretty small venue. Um, It is a very famous venue, so, like, when I went, I was super excited to go there, blah, blah, and we're just waiting for drinks. I open my phone, and I go to Facebook, and I see a check-in from my ex, Mm at the same place and i'm like oh my gosh right and i'm thinking to myself (laughs) like there's like i don't know 700 people here what are the chances right what are the chances and i'm like let's leave the bar because (laughs) this definitely ups the chances if we're by the bar um Mm -hmm. so we go in in into like the middle of the room and there he is Right there in the middle. Of course. And I'm like, I would have had more luck if I would have stayed at the bar. <laughs> um, so he, I ducked. I'm tall. I'm 5'9", right? So I try to duck and, like, weave out of the way. Nope. Uh, You're not Sandra? that lucky. And I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> um, and then we were fine. It was basically, like, Max and Lorelai. We just said hi and then bye. But I was like, I tried so hard to avoid him, and no. It was not my plans. I wish my run with my ex went that smoothly. Oh, boy. Also at a concert venue, a large concert venue, Mm -hmm. one of the largest ones in the state, and in the lawn, here comes my ex, fiance, by the way. We were engaged. Oh, awkward. I was at a concert with Sean, Mm -hmm. and the ex is already drunk. With friends and decides, hey, I'm going to hang out with her for the rest of the night. Oh, no. So we spent the entire concert together because Sean and I were both too awkward to be like, can you go away? (laughs) But then he was like with a friends group of people I was also friends with. So like by asking him to leave, it'd be like asking other people I was friends with to leave as well. Or for us to, you know, we would just be leaving them and... It was people I hadn't seen, so, like, I kind of wanted to see him in catch-ups. And he was drunk, and I'm thinking he's very lucky Sean did not punch him in the face, because <laughs> oh, no. he was also very obnoxious. <laughs> well, my ex lives in Montana, so I have very little opportunity to see him, <laughs> and that works out well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of not seeing people, this is an Emily-free episode, which is weird, it because is. we've had so many Emily-heavy episodes recently. That are uh, Richard-free. Yes. It feels weird to have reverse. Richard be the grandparent that we see. Yeah. 
But you know what? Kelly needs some time off too. She's been mm-hmm. putting in the work. So, mm-hmm. but the reason up, girl. they give for her not being around is crazy. Yeah, there have been three strokes in her DAR group. They're not contagious. As... No. <laughs> no. And as far as we know, when we see Emily having like lunch with her DAR group, there's only like five or six people them. max. And Does this all mean like, over half of the group? Are they youngish? Her age? Yeah. yeah. They're not like I mean, but anybody anybody can have a stroke. That's, That's true. You know. Right. Um, but no, it is really weird, and it is. She is apparently going from bedside to bedside, offering what comfort she can, so she cannot be present in this episode. Um, and you also, know, good for we're, her. right, we're down a maid, which means Richard is answering the door. Uh, because which is... the other maid is cooking dinner. <laughs> yes. They're mm-hmm. down which... one maid. There's one cooking dinner. Nobody can answer the phone. Which Richard, it takes Richard a second to realize <laughs> no one's going to answer at, the phone. At this point, I feel like the girls are lucky that he even answered the door. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but, which uh... Rory's already there. Yes, Rory is there, so I'm assuming that the the trip to the pharmacy slowed Lorelai down. Otherwise, they probably would have gotten there about the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, But Lorelai is like, oh my gosh, I have big news. And she tries to, like, make Rory guess it, but Rory is not maximizing her... Her realization I'm with Rory potential. on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Max would be so far out of my mind that exactly. it wouldn't even be a thought. Because um, he's not even at Chilton anymore. No. Yeah, because he's, he's on loan somewhere. Yeah. Lorelai is like, <laughs> or maybe you have news for me. Which, do you think that Rory would have been supposed to tell Lorelai if Max showed back up? Supposed to? No. But I can see Rory avoiding telling Lorelai and then Lorelai running into him obviously like hey did you know he's back yeah because when she has the thing with the article Mm -hmm. like right after the breakup she doesn't mention that to Lorelai until like she kind of absolutely has to Mm -hmm. I took that statement to mean like why didn't you ever tell me he left oh because Lorelai is surprised that he wasn't at Chilton Mm -hmm. so like I don't know. I feel like we never got the conversation of, like, Max is no longer the English teacher. Yeah. yeah. He's a great guy, guys. He is great a great guy. guy. Every time some she brings up Max, everybody's like, yeah, he's wonderful. And you treated him really, really badly. Mm-hmm. Which is fair and true. And I think that everybody agrees. I wish somebody would have been like, just, you treated him really badly. I understand why I mean Max married (laughs) oh okay why why you didn't want to get married but yeah totally like if she didn't want to marry him then she should not marry him like absolutely and so she did the right thing for her but it was very unkind to she did not handle it very well no um but Richard also finds out about these bicentennial speeches which Rory hasn't heard yet if she is the one Richard is pretty sure that she is, because, of course, Rory is the golden child Mm -hmm. who always wins everything. Um, And he wants to come, which is nice. Usually it's Emily who wants to attend Rory functions, but Richard really wants to come and see this speech. When is it? Friday at (sighs) 5. Friday at 5. Can they move it to (laughs) 6? 
No. No, oh, Grandpa, I don't think they can. Right. Oh, well, I'll make it work. I'll move my thing, I guess. <laughs> so, can we... Let's let's reiterate. The speech is given on Friday at 5. Mm-hmm. The black hole can... T- the, the black hole is there. I just want to point it out when we get there. <laughs> yes. Um, so, we are planning to have Richard and Lorelai at the speeches, assuming, of course, that Rory is selected. All right, so we go back to Stars Hollow, and Lorelai, as soon as they get back from dinner, goes right over to Suki's because she wants to hear what the doctor said, and she also wants to check in and see um, what what the Jackson situation is. Okay, black hole number one. Supposedly this phone call happened right before Friday night dinner. Yes. So she's leaving to go to Hartford. She gets home. Suki has a doctor's appointment at 6 p.m., like within a week of finding out that she's pregnant. Well, what if she... Hmm. First of all, a doctor's appointment at 6 p.m. I mean, maybe <laughs> Stars Hollow has really great health care. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, so yes, she that is... She has urgent care to diagnose herself. <laughs> I mean, can you just take a, a pregnancy test? Wouldn't that, like, also confirm that it's an it? Which is what she says. It's an it! Um, mm-hmm. And Jackson has still not come around. Jackson is still not excited. Um, and while Lorelai's there, we find out he's been baby-proofing the house. He's been shoving newspaper in the outlets mm. he broke the calculator broke mm-hmm. the calculator like, he's creating hazards at this point yes he's mm-hmm. trying to take away all of her knives he wants to get rid of the cleaver because what if baby fell on it <laughs> um he wants to sell the truck because the contract how else are they gonna afford the add-on yep for the expansion <sighs> Yikes. He comes out with a giant cleaver in hand and not just holding it. Like, he does a, a little, like, I'm going to stab you motion He's with it. He's brandishing the cleaver. Yeah. He, they he they kind of scream at it, right? I would do the same thing. <laughs> and it, it reminds me of the scene from Mean Girls where she's dressed as, like, that dead bride, right? Oh, and yeah. And she gets onto the porch and, like, two people scream and, like, fall off the porch. I It just, it's the same scene in it's my head. perfect. Uh-huh. Um, guys, budgets and minivans, it's such a tough subject, I guess, because, like, how, how do you react in that, in the, in Lorelai situation? Like, I mean, it sucks, but Jackson also is just really nervous. Yeah. He's really nervous. I don't know if you need a minivan with I don't think one one kid. kid before, like, six months before. Probably not. I, yeah. I, I get the budget conversation. I don't fully understand coming out onto the front porch where your wife's best friend is sitting and being like, we don't have enough money for all of these things. Yeah. That just is kind of awkward. But he's in full freakout mode. He, he is. is in full freakout mode. Yeah. And they work together and they are trying to become business partners. And I feel like when you're in that situation, a lot of the time you're more open about your finances than you would be with somebody who doesn't sign your paycheck. Um, mm. Good point. <laughs> because presumably Lorelai is signing Sugi's paycheck and knows exactly yeah. how much she's making, which is weird when you think about it. But also, that's the way it is. 
Um, and Lorelai also takes an opportunity to tell Suki about running into Max. I had a few issues with Max, but I, you know, I agree with Rory and Suki and everybody else that he was a good guy and he did not deserve to be treated no, like that. He just wasn't the right guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, back at the Gilmore Girls house, because Rory went home while her mom went to see Suki, Charleston calls. And it's one of those calls where well, the it's secretary, a secretary calls. <laughs> and she already has Paris on the line. And then they connect Charleston. And he has decided that because he is the headmaster, both of them have won the opportunity to give their speech. And they're just going to have to work together and make their speeches fit. And isn't this great? So great. Every time we see Charles, I can't even think of what it was that he says in this conversation, but every time we see him, he says something that contradicts his very first appearance of, (laughs) we're going to treat you like an adult. We are going to treat you like this is the real world. We are going to treat you like this is the hardest thing you will ever do. And then all of a sudden he comes in, he's like, well, am I a headmaster or am I a headmaster? I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. I mean, also, I feel like that's his character. Is a giant hypocrite. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I want to talk about some background stuff real quick um, before we yeah. get into the meat of this scene. So Paris's bedroom, it looks very hotel-y. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. The comforter, the chair. There is like a bust of a head of a Greek something or another. I don't know who it is. But then there's a stuffed bunny on the chair. And it just makes me think, like, yeah, she is this, you know, loves the academic side, but she's still, like, a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a toy nanny gave her or right? something. She's got this, like, grown-up room with this little tiny bit of being a child tucked mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. That was it for my background stuff. But I just thought it was a nice little, uh, what's the word? touch a nice little touch to have uh, a, a little stuffed bear or a little stuffed rabbit it feels, like, feels like a prep school dorm room yeah right it's beautiful it's oh so beautiful like i would love to have that bedroom rich now school. yes exactly <laughs> it's like a nice little reminder that paris comes from a well-off family mm-hmm. yes. um yeah but they discuss that well now what are we gonna do um, well, you could say you're not going to. Well, why don't you so say you. it? And, you know, Rory's like, fine, we can meet up and we can plan it. And Paris just says, no, we'll just do it over the phone. We don't need to be in person for this. And Rory's like, fine. Like, Whatever. Rory just wants to make it work. Mm-hmm. Rory does not want to fight. She just wants to do the speech. She's do you guys think that Master him. Charleston sat in the background on this phone <laughs> conversation and listened to that? I was kind of wondering. You do hear like, the click, to be fair. You do? Yes, you I do. couldn't hear it, so maybe that was just my, where There's I was watching like, it. There's just, like, something about any time you're on a conference call, especially now in our Zoom world, like, if I'm on a Zoom call that other people were previously on or people are planning to join, I'm very careful about what I say. Because you oh, yeah. never know when somebody's just going to pop in or pop out or That's whatever. the magic with Zoom, though. You know who's there. That's true. Three-way calling in the late 90s, early 2000s, Mean Girls three-way calling was a freaking thing. Mm-hmm. Y'all kids are lucky you do not have to deal with 
a three-way call attack. Now you've just got big, mean group texts. Right? Now you, you just, just have, have social media. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we do move on. We are still at the Gilmore house, but it is the next night. Mm-hmm. So presumably Saturday. I'm guessing around five or so since they were going to be at the school at six, which is a weird time to on meet a up. Saturday? On a yeah. Saturday. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Charleston tells them he has. They has to have the speech by Tuesday. Yeah, but like I don't understand um, the insistence on this show being like the weekends are, like you can come for school stuff. You can come like for project at the school. Yeah, because yeah. I never got that. I don't know. No, maybe other schools. No. Those but... doors are locked. Right. Exactly. The only thing. The only thing I could think of was like, does Chilton have a sports team that there's like a basketball game going on on a Saturday night that they could get in for? But it's never mentioned. No, it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Anyway, Paris shows up. She's like, you you can't think that we would honestly do this over the phone. (laughs) Which was Rory's point originally. Dare you. She's a little neurotic. On it. Yeah. She harasses Rory into Rory's room to where they trade speeches. They're going to read each other's speech. Paris gets all weird. Did you fact check these? Did you check the spellings? Oh, by the way, I slept with Jamie. Yeah. Screech. She, like, she just huh? throws a bomb. What? Uh, and what? Rory is super uncomfortable. She yeah, Rory just has like, to get a drink of water. <laughs> yeah, she has like a, I don't know, it's such a weird reaction. I guess in her head she's like, because it's Paris, right? Yeah. Well, as far as we know, her and Lane are kind of the only friends, like Rory and Lane, they're the only friendship in the group. Neither of them are doing it. They're not mm-hmm. having sex. They're not mm-hmm. having these conversations together. So this is really the first conversation that she's had with a friend about sex and it wasn't a prepped conversation it was dropped on her from somebody she's actively in a fight with yeah in the middle of reading a speech for speech for c-span yeah <laughs> it's like i i get the reaction i was just like oh and then she even tells paris like slow down just give me a minute to process this yeah. And then, you know, were you safe? Was he nice? Yes. Well, Was as he kind? this conversation is happening, Lorelai sneaks in. She doesn't know that Paris is here, obviously. And um, she happens to come in at the perfect moment about, like, I think Rory says the word sex. So mm-hmm. you had sex with Jamie. And she is well, I think it's. I think it's paris says something to well what happened when you and dean did it yes oh no dean and i never did that well what about you and jess no we never did it either and then in a moment very reminiscent of emily walking in on tricks making out with a guy in a purple velour jumps tracksuit or or lorelei sneaks back out Mm -hmm. and i guess goes around the house to come in the kitchen door Based on her direction. Either way, she comes back in and, like, makes a show of coming back in. As Emily said, uh, Rory does, you know, ask all the right questions. You know, were you safe? Was he nice? Like, all the things that Paris needs somebody to ask her. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is that Paris starts to explain how this situation happened. And, you know, she says, like, we were just, I went over to study and we were talking about something else completely. And it's, I didn't think that would be romantic. We didn't discuss it at all. It was just, it just happened. And, like, to me, something just happening to Paris doesn't make sense, right? Paris is so strict with everything. But Jamie, since the start, we've seen that Jamie always gets her off kilter, right? He gets her off the path. Well, and also, teenage girl, you get hormones going. I can see getting caught up in the moment. Mm -hmm. It is weird for for Paris, of all people, to get caught up in the moment, but... But she's still a teenager. Yeah, it's she's still a teenage girl in, the room. in her first relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, who who really knows? There's a moment where Paris starts getting very soft. And she goes, I'm... And then dot, dot, dot. And Rory says, it's okay. And Paris oh, yeah. basically apologizes for the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. As much of an apology Paris will give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They even specifically say, like, Francie got things all twisted. Rory says, you let her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I think this conversation kind of shows how much, like, Paris needs a friend that she can trust. Because God knows what Madeline and Louise would say if she tried to have this conversation with them. Oh, yeah. They would ask all of, like, the wrong questions. Right? It wouldn't be, were you safe? It wouldn't be, was he nice to you? It would be like, ooh, what's his what'd body you do? Look like? Right? Like, oh, like, does he have, <laughs> does he have hot friends? Like, they would just, it would, they would be, be weirdly invasive. Yeah. Not, it, it was a Paris-centric conversation, which is what it needed mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we got the line, guys. We got the line. Well, Lorelai comes in with the pizza, announces herself. The girls go out to get said pizza. I and... thought Paris couldn't have dairy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the line. Just Paris can't know. have dairy. Black hole, <laughs> black hole number five Sorry. of this episode. <laughs> but yes, Paris goes to take her retainer out. I've got the good kid. Yeah, Lorelai's like, I'm taking you shopping tomorrow. And Rory's like, okay, why? She's like, I just think it's time for new shoes. And then once Rory's walked away, I've got the good kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a great line. Uh, Lauren herself does not like this line. I pulled up an article where she talks about that, um, you know, it's not always her decision about what line she can say. Right? And she says, mm-hmm. sometimes I have been able to say this doesn't make sense for Lorelai to say. And other times, she doesn't necessarily win. And the one time she lost was this season. Um, and she says, I didn't like that line. I didn't like the judgment about girls and the decisions they make. But they wanted me to say that, so I did. And then the episode aired. And here's the funny part. It says... And lots of people have come up to me and said, I loved it that you said that. So No. Mm-hmm. No. I cannot imagine saying that about my daughter. I yeah. can't either. And what is the implication? Paris is the bad kid? 
Paris had sex, so Paris, she's who the has bad worked Paris? her entire life to be the best of the best, to be the smartest of the smartest at this very prestigious prep school, is now relegated to worthless because she had sex. Well, and then also, what does it say about Lorelai's opinion of herself in her youth? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we know, obviously we know, Lorelai was sexually active much earlier than Paris, much earlier mm-hmm. than Rory. Does that mean that she was a bad kid? Is that how she views herself? Oh, based on how her parents treat her? Absolutely, I bet she believes that. Yeah. It could be It could be a, a, a moment of self-hatred in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Of like... She sees Paris in her, or whatever combination of that makes sense. Um, she sees herself there, right? And it's just like, but Paris is not Lorelai. What was the first question asked? Were you guys safe? Were you safe? Yeah. And they were. And they were. Instead, we learn in a recent episode of Flashbacks that we're fairly sure this happened when they broke into Richard and Emily's liquor cabinet. And then Rory was made. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, not the same situation entirely. No. I don't like the scene. Uh, No, I like the scene between Paris and Rory. Don't get me wrong. Yes. The Lorelai of it all sucks. And I, Lauren agrees. Um, I think most people agree. Even though in the article it does say that people do like that line um i have personally never met anyone who has but (laughs) if you do subreddit i see the large majority of people hating on that line right i don't i can't say that i've ever heard i've ever seen somebody uh stick up for it yeah now granted i don't troll reddit that often so and also it might have happened uh reddit does tend to have a more liberal leaning Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of more conservative communities and, you know, areas Mm -hmm. where, yeah, you know, having any kind of premarital sex would make somebody automatically bad. And And I'm sure there are lots of communities that would view it that way. I have spoken about this before. I grew up Catholic. I am, I don't know if I've spoken about this in particular, but I am no longer Catholic, right? But I did go to Catholic school for... 12 years and then also four years of college right um at a catholic college so that was 16 years of it and this was the attitude i was Mm -hmm. surrounded with um this was the attitude i grew up with of if you have sex it's kind of like the mean girl this is the third time we're mentioning mean girls (laughs) of the you will have sex you'll get pregnant and die kind of vibe um it's like beetlejuice the the Core four just gonna show up because yes. we brought it up three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, Lindsay Lohan popping up. <laughs> just out of nowhere. You should see my Netflix special with Court Overstreet. <laughs> so like when I saw this, I would have been twelve years old. So think of a twelve-year-old watching this. She's gonna think That's prime time to melt your brain. Mm-hmm. Who's the good person in this situation? Rory. Rory, because she's untouched, because she's special, because she's still innocent, blah, 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 whatever adjective you want to give. Um, it's just a crappy feeling. Well, let's not harp on it too much, because we have more scenes to just truly, truly engrave in your brain how awful this is, and how awful Paris is for doing this. 
In the next scene, we go to Chilton. It's time for the speech. Mm-hmm. Richard is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory is kind of freaking out. Charleston comes over. He's like, hey, you're next. And Paris is nowhere to be seen. No. Um, Which is not like her. It's not. No. Lorelai comes in. She's like, well, maybe she's on her way. And Rory says, I tried calling her. She hasn't answered. Does this not remind you of Tristan? Of the day that right? Tristan the was there? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the same exact scene, except now it's Paris. Yep. So Richard goes in to get his seat. The girls are looking. Um, so Lorelai goes in to what, hang up her coat, I think, mm-hmm. and runs into Max again. Yes, it's going to be into each other. a series of running into Max. And they have another perfectly nice conversation. Mm-hmm. Closure? Don't you want closure? We, we don't need it. I'm completely over it. Mm-hmm. This feels like Lorelai apologizing to make herself feel better. She loves and that. Not, yeah. And not because she... And I don't want to say she's not truly sorry with how she handled it, because I don't think that's right. Can I ask but, something? My notes, I just have Richard equals underwear, and I don't know why. <laughs> Someone explain that to me. Richard tells Rory when she's getting ready to go on, he's like, oh, did they ever okay. tell you to imagine the audience in her underwear? And Rory's like, yeah. And he's like, don't. Okay, now I remember why. <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're still in the classroom with Lorelai and Max. Lorelai is apologizing to make herself feel better. Yeah. Life lesson. Sometimes apologies are not for you. They're for the other person. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's obvious that this is the second time she's done this. This is like Christopher all over again with the, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm okay that you've moved letting on. You go. Yeah, I'm letting you go. And it's like, all right, Lorelai. Cool. Lorelai doesn't <laughs> like it when her past bows move on from her. Does anybody else get a Rory and Dean feeling? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wonder where Rory learned it. <laughs> that mm-hmm. It's her Dean. Anyway, Max is still incredibly nice. Handles it well. Who needs closure? You can't always have it. He's back. We'll move on. And then we go back to Rory. And Lorelai comes in and up. Oh, they're shuffling in. It's time to sit down. And you, they, Rory looks over. And she sees Paris coming down the hall. Her hair is a mess. She's in sweats. A sweater. Does not at all look nice. Even slightly dressed up. And Rory is relieved. It's it's so clear. It's so obvious that there is something terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, again, having worked in a school, if one of my students, who was always put together who was always well-dressed, showed up, clearly upset, looking like that, I would not let them go on stage. No. Well, Charleston even says when Paris is still missing, pa- Rory tells her, I tells him, I can't find Paris. She's like, oh, well, hope you know the whole thing yourself, and just walks away. <sighs> and then no Paris caring. walks in, looking, looking like the disaster poor girl she is. And not a single teacher in this environment. Hey, Rory, can you do this speech for yourself? There's clearly something wrong. Yeah. I'm going to take Paris and talk to her. I mean, we know that the guidance counselor at this school is not great. No. And that would be, like, the number one person. And we also know that 
Paris's parents are definitely not here to support her, so the other people who should be there... Like, can you imagine the flip? If, if Rory showed up looking like that, if her mom was there, she would never let her go on. Absolutely Paris doesn't not. have a support system like that. No. I'm, I'm honestly so surprised that Charleston even let her on there because this is putting a student on live TV looking like this. Yeah. And this whole thing is to, supposed to make Chilton look good. Mm-hmm. And you, he, he's sitting right there. He doesn't fall asleep. <laughs> um, guys, this scene is devastating for me. Um, every time I see it, I... And the following scene... It just mm-hmm. breaks my heart. Um, it something about how like Liza kills it. Props. Oh my gosh, because she yeah, really absolutely. kills it. She's shell shocked. Oh, definitely. She, Rory, goes right into the speech as she should. She keeps looking over at Paris, trying to be like, "All right, are you gonna? Okay, I'll keep Waiting. going." Um, and it seems like Rory is just gonna keep doing the speech by herself while Paris stands there, semi-comatose. And then Paris jumps in and speaks up. And it's interesting because we cut to Lorelai's reaction at least once. Lorelai doesn't even seem to catch on that there's something wrong. Like, there's right? no look of concern on her face until things get really bad. Yes, because the, the speech is basically, it's one of those moments of, the audience doesn't know what your speech is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could still theoretically be the speech until it starts getting personal. Well, yeah. and you see Rory next to Paris with her podium, with her with her speech, and Paris starts talking, and she just kind of looks down and lifts the paper, like, where is she reading from? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Girl, she's yeah, not reading she's from not the speech. reading from anywhere. She's off book right now. And she says, I had sex but I can't get into Harvard. Harvard Who else in the world me. deserves to get into Harvard more than me? I've spent the entire 16 years of my life, or 18 years of my life, dedicated to getting into Harvard, to giving the school everything I have. And because I had sex, I am not going to Harvard. Rory will go to Harvard. <laughs> she hasn't had sex. Uh and yeah. then the 18-year-old Rory has to be the one to shuffle Paris off the stage because not a single adult in this room is doing anything. Yeah. Richard's asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll give him a pass cuz he's asleep. He's literally asleep. Like not I just mean, like, yeah. like like he's literally asleep. So many people who should have stood stood up and been like, "Oh, cut. Cut cameras. Mm-hmm. We're done." Charleston, we know that Max is there, and Max is yeah. like a well-known teacher who could have stepped up and said, "We've had an entire episode stop. about how great Max is, how much the students love Max. How yeah. did he not stop this? We know that the student council teacher would not is useless. <laughs> would would just sit and watch. It's it's another situation where the adults have failed the students. Um, Horribly. Because sometimes when you're a teenager and things go off the rails, you don't know how to put them back on. You don't have the no. life experience. Like, you just can't. You're crashing. Paris is having a public, like, 
anxiety attack on C-SPAN. On live television. And it's And not even Charles. And you know what's it. what gets everyone like gasping and upset is that the she says the word sex. Mm-hmm. I had sex. <gasps> Clutch your pearls. Yeah. An eighteen year old teenage girl mm-hmm. had sex. Yep. Like Oh dear God. <laughs> legally an adult had sex. Like, yes, we talk about how these are still children, they are still kids, but like she's eighteen. At this point, yeah, she is 18. But Rory is the one who actually has to step over and say, okay, we're done. Like, and she has to pull her off, and Paris is still upset. She's shouting about how Rory is a virgin, and they Pack disappear your bags, Gilmore. <laughs> off stage. And Lorelai, who has been shocked, frozen, watching this, looks over at Richard, and like we have said, Richard has just been asleep. Does not Passed care. In his chair. Like, the he whole sat time. down and fell asleep. This was not like, a long like, speech. It wasn't. <laughs> well, it was he like had been doing a minute. His... Isn't this literally like Rory starts talking and he immediately passes out? I think so. That doesn't speak well for Rory's speech and skills. No. It doesn't speak well for Richard. Um, but you know. <laughs> it speak well for anybody in this room. I want to uh, point out, is Emily still visiting the like stroke uh, DRR victims? Like. Why isn't she there? I don't know. I mean, Emily's that's been a week. Here. It's, oh, it's Friday right. at five. Yeah. It is Friday at five. <laughs> but we move on to them in the, like, back room? Backstage? Mm-hmm. Oof. Paris is crying. Rory is trying to comfort her. And kind of what do you say after that? Well, Paris, what she says... She says straight up, I'm a slut. Oh. No, you're not. Oh, sweet honey baby, no, you're not. I cry during this scene, like, every time. The shame and the anger that she has at herself because of society, because society tells you this, right? And Mm -hmm. so much so in the early 2000s, it was very much like, stay a virgin, stay a virgin, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, Um, it was this really weird, like, you have to be like a sexy baby, mm, but you can so you cannot touch anybody. Yeah. Like you have to yeah. be this like sex symbol, but completely While also pure. not having sex. Yeah. yeah, it was a tough time to grow up. If you did not grow up during the two thousands, oof. I mean, it's always a tough time to grow up, but two thousands had some pretty whack expectations of young women. And this is our um, second time of a woman having consensual sex and getting punished for it, right? Just in this episode. Because we kind of blew past it, but Paris is not going to Harvard. She did not get in. Five generations got in. And And she she did not. not. I do find it, and and I'm I'm not trying to, like, cut the, the... sex shame conversation i do find it interesting though that rory's to comfort her is like well maybe you should break off on your own do your own thing start a new legacy wouldn't that be exciting mm-hmm. rory's trying and her that, best that well yeah. that's what rory at this point thinks that she's doing by going to harvard yeah that's fair she thinks she's breaking a family legacy that she's starting her own traditions that's what she thinks she's doing mm-hmm. and she ends up falling in line with the family legacy 
and doing what was expected of Paris. Yeah. Uh, and it's sweet. It's sweet to see Paris genuinely being comforted by Rory. And it's sweet to see mm-hmm. Rory being a good friend. Yeah. Rory does pop in and, hey, everything okay back here? I do feel like as the adult, she might have been a little more hands-on in that conversation. But after the good kid comment, maybe... For the best, maybe for the best, um, right? Yeah, I did ask our audience, "How did this make this make you feel?" This scene did it make you feel sad, angry, or just neither, right? Um, and most people agree that it's sad, devastating, but there are some people that get very angry watching this. Jess, I saw that you voted for angry. I did, yeah, and I mean, I think it goes back to the comments I made about the expectations of women and especially the early 2000s because um, mm-hmm. there really was this like you're either a perfect angel or you're like this like demon sex maniac and you have to look like a demon sex maniac while being a perfect ma- baby angel and it's just like it was so hard and it was so confusing mm-hmm. to be young and to be somebody like who was not sexually active. I was not a sexually active kid. It was not until I was an adult that I made those choices. But, like, mm-hmm. it was this constant pressure on, on you know, me and my friends to look a certain way, act a certain way, even if you weren't interested in doing those things. Because you needed to look yeah. like you were interested in doing those things, even if you weren't, because you weren't supposed to. And it's just, like, it's this awful cycle that just goes on and on and on. And it's so sad to see... Paris in this situation because this is indicative of all of the girls of that generation who were maybe doing something and then feeling incredible incredible regret and guilt because that was what society told them like this is a show based in this time period that was saying hey if you have sex this is how you might feel about it you might not get into school or you're gonna get punished or something bad is gonna happen and it's not the only show to do it Dawson's Creek. Oh, no. She mm-hmm. has sex with Pacey, and immediately she has a pregnancy scare, right? Yeah. Like, it's like the next episode. There was an entire, like, secret life of the American teenager. Oh, that entire show, show is that was literally, show. that's the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, it's this, like, over-dramatized thing, but there's that there's that scene where she says, I'm such a whore in Secret Life of the American Teenager. And her boyfriend at the time goes, but you're my whore. Like, Uh, that was the discourse. That was the discourse around this kind of situation. And, you know, like, say what you will about Gen Z and, like, the younger younger people. They are standing up for themselves in ways that we weren't able to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't something that you did. And it'd be really interesting to see this same situation play out today where there's a lot more like bodily autonomy and I can make my own choices and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, you're not a slut because you had sex with your boyfriend who you're in a long-term relationship with and who you love. Yeah. And also sex isn't a bad thing. Right. Like you wouldn't be a slut if you had sex with five guys who you were dating casually. If that was the choice that you made, like you do you. Yeah. Or whoever you want to. Hey. Yeah. Take that or, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Reverse harem. Get wild. It's okay. 
between just knows all adults, about <laughs> it's okay yeah the name calling behind it though the idea behind it that if you if you participate if you actively participate then you're horrible but you have you have to pretend you're actively participating without actually actively it's it was such a disaster. Yeah. And I, I mean, it worked. It wreaked havoc on my body image. I know that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think I was in my mid-20s before I finally... And and I think I was fairly young to finally get that F this. Mm-hmm. I don't need your opinion. I'm going to do me and let that be it. And I know compared to, like, my best friends, I was the first one to hit that cycle of, you know what? Your opinion doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah. I'm going to live my life for me. So when I was in college, uh, like I said, I went 16 years in Catholic school. So it's freshman year and my best friend sits me down and she's like, I need to tell you something. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? Right. What's going on? And she types something on her computer and she turns it to me. And it basically I don't want to spill her business, but it was basically like I did something sexual with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Right. And she's like, please don't hate me. And I'm like, first off, why would you think I hate you? I would never hate you. But secondly, we were both raised in that way of like the shame, mm-hmm. right? So she thought if, oh my God, I'm admitting this to you, please don't like, are you going to stop being my friend? Because I'm no longer A, B, and C. And I'm like, first off, absolutely not. I love you. I loved you yesterday and I love you today. And regardless of what you did with him as long as you were safe it was consensual and you i don't know had fun had a good time right (laughs) i'm fine enjoyed it yeah like but we were so entrenched in that like you need to be shamed for any feeling and i remember i remember i had another friend that was like i'm reading 50 shades of gray and i was like gasp right (laughs) we were like what were we like 21 and i was like yeah how can you be reading that that's so sexual and she's like because i want to and then i was like oh right because you want to like do it (laughs) yeah hey we're sex positive i did read that yeah this is a sex positive podcast if you hadn't noticed (laughs) yeah (laughs) I will say, I I got through the first two books. I could not finish. Oh, the I never book. read it. I did. I read them. I I I jumped on the back bandwagon. I was like, "What's everybody freaking out about?" Okay, because romance novels are my jam. Let's see. By the third book, I was like, "Oh my god, I hate the main character. She's a horrible person. She has no backbone. She does not stand up for him, for herself. He's borderline abusive. No, no, he is abusive. This is weird, and I can't finish this." And I put it. See, down. I was such a Twilight fan that I recognized the Twilight characters mm. in mm. it. Wasn't it? It was a Twilight out, like, fan, as fiction. A fan, it was fiction. fan yeah. fiction. So then, when they made Jacob Jose, and Raunchy. Jose always said, "Oh, Dios mío," and stuff like that, I was like. No freaking Spanish person actually does that. That is such a stereotype. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. Yeah, uh, I just, I watched the movies. I don't think I ever even tried to read the books. I also heard they were pretty vanilla, all things considered. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched the movies, so I don't know. They're fine. Why do we go back to Gilmore Girls instead of Fifty Shades anyway, of Grey? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I do appreciate, like, I, I see a little bit of myself in Paris at the very end, of mm-hmm. this conversation where um, she does find the humor in it. 
Like, that's one of the things that I really like about myself. I can be so down. I can be absolutely sobbing, and I can laugh at myself for it. And a lot of the time, that's, like, the only thing that, like, clicks and, like, drags me out of it. But she says, like, you know... (laughs) I'd better have been good at it if this yeah. is... After all <laughs> After this, all I this. better at least have been good at it. Oh, and let's be real, That's... no one's good their first time. No. Like, no. 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 Uh... Honestly, just that's my model. Like, whenever something upsets me, and especially if I'm talking to somebody about it, I'm like, I'll, I'll make a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because if I don't laugh about it, then I'll start crying. Right. And yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. So let's, let's crack some jokes to keep it light. Which might not be the healthiest mechanism, but it is. Well, it is. speaking of keeping it light, there's at least one person who attended this speech that thought it was just great, and that's Richard. Richard thought it was, they did amazing. We get out to Lorelai. Richard comes out. Tell the girls I'm very proud of them. They did a great job. And Lorelai just, okay, Dad, I'll let them know. They'll be really surprised. <laughs> They'll get to check everything. Yeah. Richard hands hands an envelope to Lorelai that we can only assume is money. And then Richard says, I'll see you Friday at dinner and leaves. Maybe this got them out of dinner? Yeah. So maybe Emily's still busy with like her friends. So there is no dinner. <laughs> Wouldn't that be next Friday? Well, this, this is the final black hole. Of this episode for me. There's like three or four. Richard is just really bad at grammar, you know? (laughs) Richard was asleep. He has no idea what day it is. Right, exactly. I expect Lorelai, like, I fully expected Rich to be like, I'll see you Friday at dinner. And he walks walks away and Lorelai's just like, we're going to your house next. (laughs) All right, maybe not. not? Bye. Are you not going to be there? (laughs) Anyway, Lorelai starts looking for her coat. That's what she tells Rory. I will find our coats. They are not in the hallway. Somebody at Chilton finally cracks a joke of if you can't see your coat, if you can't find your coat here, there's some in this classroom. And if you can't find it there, stairway to the roof is on the left or something. Yeah, like Lorelai said something about jumping. I'll kill off. myself if yeah, I can't yeah. find it. Because I, she loves this coat. I think it's probably her black cashmere coat that has gotten a lot of play this season. It has. She wore this coat on her date with Alex. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, Alex. She goes... Alex. Who is this Alex? She she goes into the classroom, gets her coat, and who comes in? Max. Mm-hmm. Max Medina is back. And does this They're... weird transphobic joke, like, it starts off It starts great. off really nice. And then just ends awful. It starts off... I will support the people wearing skirts if they want to, and I will clap at them in the get in the in the pride parade, and then I'll walk away and pretend I don't know them. What? It was strangely you were doing so good. It was strangely liberal, right? Yeah. Because at this point, this would have been seen as liberal as hell, right? Mm. This would have been the most democratic statement you could have made, and like now, twenty years removed, removed, it's like oof rough and then they both just lean in and kiss yeah there's really no fanfare it's just they kiss it's just and and they both they both lean in it's it's not one or the other they both lean in and kiss and they finish and max is i guess i'm not over it and he leaves and that's kind of okay yep farewell alex yeah alex is whatever 
this. I mean, we never he's hear mentioned, about him again, right? He's mentioned. No, no, we we have one more okay. mention in this yeah. episode. Okay, so real quick, we'll we'll cut to to Suki's. Jackson and Suki are in bed. Jackson's pajamas. Jackson's just kind of. Jackson has his wrestling pajamas <laughs> on. Picture pajamas. And he kind of leans over and tries to kind of give Suki a kiss on the cheek, give her some love. And Suki's like, Jackson, no, I'm not getting rid of my knives. I'm not doing this. We're not getting an add on. We're not, I'm not doing any of this. And Jackson, have I told you how happy I am? That's no, you no. did. You <laughs> <laughs> um, And like, She's so tired. Yeah. She just wanted to hear that he was happy. Yeah. So when he finally says it, and then he's like, but the knives. And she's just like, nope. no. Nope. Go to sleep, Jackson. <laughs> to sleep. If I could just show you the statistics. Nope. You mean if baby rolled off the counter into the open knife drawer? Yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah. I'd like to see those statistics, actually. How right? often does that happen, Jackson? What magazine are you looking at? What articles are you reading? Anyway, Jackson and Suki seem to be good. We get our final scene of the episode. The girls are home. They're walking to the mailbox. Rory has a ton of questions. Lorelai has told her about the kiss. Right. I feel like Lorelai has shared more than usual. Like, usually she's, yeah. usually she's like... She doesn't tell the little details. This time she told Max to Rory, to Suki, to anyone who would listen about Max, she would she yeah. would have told her. Yeah. Um and now even the kiss. And by the way, we didn't really mention, but this is the second time that Max and Lorelai have kissed during a Chilton event. And I was thinking of that, like Lorelai, stop making out right? with your kids' teacher in the school. During events, while people could walk past, like, stop doing it. And it's never when you guys are, like, happily together. It's when you're trying to break up with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's when you've been apart for over a year, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. early season two, so it's almost, yeah. it's, like, later season three, so over a year. Yeah. But Rory's asking questions. What does this mean? What's going to happen? What about Alex? Yeah, that's our last message. And all Lorelai can say is, I don't know. I don't know. They get to the mailbox and open it up. And there's some big envelopes. There are three large envelopes Mm -hmm. in there. The big three. And what what is it that Lorelai says? You must be the biggest virgin in the world. That is what she says, yeah. And yeah. Rory ends the episode with, um, I can't believe, or do you think Paris will ever have sex again? I don't know if Lorelai said that. One of them says that. Yeah. Says that. One of Lorelai them did, yeah. says it because, so Rory, so Lorelai has been saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then when they get to the mailbox, Lorelai hands her the Harvard envelope and says, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know. And so then Rory is saying, I don't know, I don't know. And then as they're mm-hmm. walking in, Lorelai says, do you think Paris will ever have sex again? And Rory says, I don't know. And it sounded like voiceover. It sounded like maybe something they added on. But Yeah, I mean, their backs are to us. Yeah. You can't really see. Gotta get one more <sighs> dig in at Paris. Don't forget, she had I... sex. Paris had sex. If this, if this entire episode wasn't one big shame on you for having sex, that joke could almost be funny. Right? Almost. Yeah. I mean, like, also, like, 
Paris went through something traumatic here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of like a detriment, right? Like she must be thinking in her head. I think that's also a, a secret life of the American teenager of like, I had sex and my dad died. There's oh, like everything yeah. that can go wrong, I think, happened in that that. But show. like that, like sex is bad. Mm-hmm. I only saw one or two episodes, and I got very salty that a 16 and 17 year old girl and boy were living in like a full nice apartment <laughs> with a sixty thousand dollar SUV. There's nothing real <laughs> about that show. It's just it's just absolute garbage. What I'm trying to say is that um, Paris has this like could have this connotation of sex equals bad, right? Mm-hmm. Which also is a Buffy episode. Anyways. Um, but, and it could mean that she never gets in a relationship again like that, right? Because she has this experience. Exactly. I will say Paris gets a little bit of redemption. It it seems like she goes on to have a fairly healthy relationship life. (laughs) I mean, Asher's not the most healthy, but yes, I understand what you mean. That's not related to... I, I don't feel like those two are related issues. Asher's daddy issues. This is... <laughs> Once we get yeah. to Doyle. God, when we get there. Anyways, um, that's the episode, guys. La 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 I'm gonna say it. This episode kind of triggers me in bad ways. I don't like it. It makes me feel sad and kind of angry. Yeah. It's a downer. There's not really anything, like, super redeeming about it. Like, you have the couple of Kirk scenes that are kind of funny. Yeah. We got no Jess. Do we have a Townsperson of the Week? I do have a Townsperson of the Week. I think so. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Suki. She's pregnant. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. That was my. What about, what about you, Jess? I was thinking Rory. Okay. Um, just because, like, apart from firing back at Paris, you know, when Paris is like, you know, snapping at people, um, she's for defending herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She's pretty even keel the whole episode. She steps up as a friend to Paris. She's very gracious in her acceptance of Paris's non-apology apology. Um, she's obviously the one person who has Paris's back during that speech when nobody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder, like, where did Paris go when Lorelai and Rory went home? Did she yeah. go home to her empty house? Did she go home to Nanny? Did she have to tell Nanny why she was upset? Like, was Nanny, Nanny watching on C-SPAN? Her. I hope she went like, to Jamie. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would Jamie be sweet. probably was watching her on C-SPAN. Jamie probably Ooh. was. Yikes! Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is Jamie, cringe. You know what? I'm gonna go with, and this will make me feel better. I'm gonna go with Jamie showed up at Chilton. That somehow like that doesn't hey. make me feel better. <laughs> no, that makes me feel better because it's him seeing his girlfriend go through this horrible yeah. ordeal, and instead of like running away, he's like, "She needs help. I'm gonna go." I'm going to go take I care of so. her because she doesn't have anybody else to take care of her. Yeah. But so that was that was my thought was Rory. Um, How about you, Emily? Do you have anything? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I could support either of them. I don't know if I support one over the other. 
Suki is literally just because she got pregnant. Rory does seem like um, she she handled things well. She was she was she was a good friend. She was an adult yeah. in this episode mm-hmm. in a show that routinely treats her as a child. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I I I'll I'll throw my vote in behind Rory. Okay. So congrats, Rory. Uh, you're a great friend this this week, and you are our townsperson of the week. Yeah, congrats. It's not because you're a virgin. It's because you're a good friend. It's in spite of you being a virgin. (laughs) That is not the case. No. (laughs) We support virgins as well. Just throwing that out there. If you want to say a virgin, you don't have to have sex. (laughs) Do whatever feels right to you. Right. Um, And with that, that was the episode. So my name, as always, is Sandra. And I am Emily. And this was Jess, and we'll see you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Instagram or Twitter at Town Meeting Pod. Or if you'd like to send us an email, send it to townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and support the podcast, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.